Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? Praise the Lord uh, for you. It's a great, great day. And today we're jumping in uh, to stinking thinking topic, identity theft. Identity theft. So identity theft mentality is a mentality that has, I'm telling you, it has ransacked so many people's lives. And uh, many, many, many times Nicole and I have uh, talked about and uh, talked about a situation or something that's going on with somebody at the church, and the issue has been they don't know who they are in Christ. They they don't know their true identity in Christ. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. It solves a ton of problems. Absolutely, the identity theft mentality, not knowing who you are in Christ, <coughs> is absolutely something uh, that will slow you down in your race. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, click the bell notification. You know somebody that this is going to help. Let's jump in. Identity theft mentality, here's the definition of it. Identity theft mentality is accepting the lies of the devil and the world by taking on worldly labels, corrupted fleshly forms, and ungodly thoughts as our guidance for our character, our personality, and status in life. Let me read that again. Identity theft mentality is accepting the lies of the devil and the world by taking on worldly labels, corrupted fleshly forms, and ungodly thoughts as our guidance for our character, personality, and status in life. So in other words, it's listening to the wrong things and not knowing who we are in Christ. It's not knowing our true identity and actually accepting some of the garbage uh, that the devil throws at us. Um, and my dad used to say it like this. He used to say, garbage, and uh, the garbage. It, it's just a bunch of garbage. And uh, you, know, you, can, you can make it sound sweet, you can make it sound sophisticated, but it's still garbage, right? And that's what it is. When you don't know who you are in Christ, it is garbage. Now, one of the things I want to tell you about right now is if you've been watching for some time, one of the most important things that you can know are the three parts of man. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it gives us and shows us those three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body. So spirit is the inner man. That's the real man. Soul is the mind, the will, and emotions. And the body is the fleshly body. That would be what you see in a mirror. Now, in order to understand identity theft, you have to understand the three parts of man. And I want you to see this. As we go, in, as we go into this, let's look at this. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, there's two pillars of our salvation. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart, with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. Please put that in the comments. First pillar of salvation is righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The second pillar of our salvation, uh, or of being saved, is salvation. We have two pillars. We're saved and we're made righteous. We're saved and we're made righteous. Now, here's what I want you to see. When you were born again, it tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that you were made a completely new creation. Old things have passed away, right? Old things are passed away, and new things have come. You're made completely new. But I, I've never seen anybody that walks into a bathroom, looks in the mirror, and they are completely changed, completely new person. They don't even recognize themselves. Now, they may have a smile on their face. Their countenance may have lifted. But their body, their flesh didn't change. I've never met somebody who got born again. And the very next minute or the next day, all of their thinking was different. Now, it may turn in a different direction. But they still have tons of habits, tons of thinking processes. Why? Because the body, who we see in the mirror, very real, but that is not what's born again. Our mind is not what's born again. What's born again is the real you. 
The real you is that spirit man, the inner man. And you'll notice uh, in the garden that in the garden when, when uh, Adam was created, he, God created him in his image and likeness. And in the New Testament, you see that God is a spirit, a spirit first. And watch this, that is how he sees you. God sees you, the spirit man, first, always. He always is addressing the spirit man first. I wrote this down. God identifies us by our spirit first, and so should we. So many times identity, identity theft hinges around a lack of knowledge of who you really are and what image and likeness you were made in. If we don't know that our spirit man is the real us, then we'll look at our flesh man and we'll constantly take our cues from that. And that's one of the easiest ways for our identity to be stolen. Our identity in Christ can be stolen if we look at anything else besides the spirit man. Please put that in the comments. Our identity in Christ can be stolen if we're looking at anything else besides our spirit man, besides the inner man. Because all of these promises are written to the spirit man. Then, and this is who's been created fresh and new. Now, once salvation happens, what does the Bible tell us we should do? Our, our flesh man has not changed yet. Our, our mind, our soul, our mind, will, and emotion, it's not completely saved yet. But our spirit man is. Now we have the power to transform the mind by the renewing of the word. And as our mind is renewed, the battle is won or lost there. It's fault in our thinking. And then our thinking will tell, will submit the flesh man. We know from the Bible, the flesh man always carries with it the nature of sin. It always carries with it the nature of sin. But if we are born again, we can renew our mind and put, say, no to the flesh man and live holy as Jesus is holy. Now we're walking in our identity. So when we look at these two pillars, I want you to see something. So for example, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says this. It says, it says, everything that is seen or everything that's visible was made from things which do not appear. Remember this, God as a spirit spoke light be. And light couldn't be seen before that, but out of the spirit, the root of that creation came. And when that speaking spirit, when God spoke, then it came into being. We are made in that same image. We're made in that same image and likeness. And if we're born again, we're now redeemed from the curse that happened in the garden. And so as we go forward and as we, as we speak the things of God and the promises of God, they can be created by our words as well when we speak the things of God. This is a function of a spirit made in the image and likeness of God. And this is why we have to operate in love uh, because if we don't operate in love, we start speaking stuff that's not love. Man, we can start destroying things everywhere. You know, uh, how about the guy who cuts you off in traffic and then you go, God, just wish you'd blow a tire. Well, what if all of a sudden, as soon as you said that, it went boom, boom, and he, and he runs off the road and crashes. That's why the Lord has given us love as a priority to empower everything that we say and do. And we have to be motivated by love or motivated by God in order to fulfill what God's called us to be. Looking at these two pillars of salvation, that we have righteousness and, sal and salvation, He saves us. Uh, I want you to go into that. Keep that in mind. Let's look at Ephesians 2 verse 12 and 13. And let me tell you, everybody needs to grow in their identity in Christ. Everyone needs to continuously grow in their identity in Christ. Look at this, uh, Ephesians 2, 12 and 13. Here you have the Holy Spirit laying a truth out. And I want you to know, Ephesians is a great book to find your identity in Christ. 
Ephesians is a great book. It, it talks about you being in Christ many, many, many times. Ephesians is a great book to find your identity. Read it. Meditate on it. Read it again. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and 13. Remember that you, when you were not born again, you were at that time separate from Christ. Now, when you were separate from Christ, you were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. You were not in the family. You were strangers to the covenant. You were strangers, in other words, to the covenants of promise. You had no promises. You were not in the family. You had no promises that you could apply. You were you have having no hope and without God in the world. Now, one of the things we talked about Sunday was the importance of God being with us. And if God is with us, everything is taken care of. We just need to stay in the presence of God. If we can stay in the presence of God and God wants to be with us, if you're born again, you have him. You might just not know it. But if you get in the presence of God, problems start being solved all over the place. Things that you need to know, you have that wisdom. You don't have lack. All of a sudden you have fullness and an overflow. All of these things are in Christ. So when he says, before we knew Christ, we were separate from Christ. That's a huge statement. But our identity now, we're going to see, is everything opposite of what we just read. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. By the blood. By the blood, you've been identified in a different location. You are in Christ. You're not separate from him. You're in him, right? And so all these things that it said at that time, you didn't have these. Now you have the reverse of those. So when we were separate from Christ, now that we have Jesus, we're not separate from Christ. We're with him. He says, lo, I'll be with you always. We're not excluded from the body and the family of, of God. No, we're in the body, right? And it, we're not strangers to the covenants of promise. No, we are well acquainted with the covenants of promise. We, we, don't have, we don't have no hope. In other words, he says you have no hope. You had no hope before that. Now you have all the hope in the world. And before we were without God in this world. But now we have him and we are with him in this world. Not just in the time to come. In this world we have them. And, and praise God. So all of these things have changed because we're in Christ. But let me get you, let me get you a look at something. Once you were born again, if you've been born again, uh, you, would, you would see this. If you haven't been born again, all these things I'm talking about can be yours. God wants you to have them. He loves you. But I want you to see this. If you were somebody that's been born again, and all of a sudden you started walking down you know, the road of life, did you ever feel like he wasn't with you? And I would say almost everybody has had the feeling that God wasn't with them. Now, was that true? No. We see right here that we are, we are not without God in the world, that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. But a feeling will lie to you. And a feeling will then strip you from that identity. It'll take away what God has promised if we listen to the feeling over listening to the truth. If we'll listen to the truth, we have an identity in Christ. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his light. light. Uh, you and the power of his might, you are walking in the light. He's showing you things he wants to show you. But if you don't know that and you listen to feelings, emotions, thoughts, that's where the battlefield is. The devil knows it and that's where he attacks. And he says, look, I want to I, the devil's basically always trying to lie to us. One of the verses we've looked at in this stinking thinking is that Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come that you might have life to the full till it overflows, right? That you might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus wants for us. But the devil's always trying to steal that. He's always trying to take that away. And so one of the things we have to recognize is where does he steal it? 
Put it in the comments right now. Where do you think the devil tries to steal your identity? Where does the devil try to steal your identity? Even in, you know, if you're watching this later after it's live, where does the devil try to steal your identity? Say, so the devil tries to steal identity where? Praise the Lord. It's good to know this because so many times I watch people get tripped up and they'll, they'll stumble and fall because they've had a battlefield. They didn't realize they were in a battle and because of that they just got slaughtered, right? Where does the devil try to steal your identity? We have to know this. We have to know this. The word says in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, round verse 3 through 5, it says, take every thought captive. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Buddy said, in your mind, Kevin Buck says, he tries to steal my identity and my thoughts. Rebecca says, Miley said, in your head, <laughs> in your head. All right, the devil tries to steal identity in your mind. Holly says, in your mind. So what you see is he's constantly seeking to steal your identity through your thoughts, feelings, emotions, right? He's constantly throwing things. And so what he'll do is he'll make you win. Now watch this. What did I say before? God identifies us by our spirit first, and so should we. Now watch. If you have your spirit man and you have your flesh man, when we identify with the flesh man more than we identify with the spirit man, then we are propped or we are set up for the devil to steal our identity in Christ because that flesh man is not the real me. And so let me give you an example of this in healing. I can have something going on in my body that I need healing from. If I start looking at that flesh man and I, and I start saying, oh, God, I just don't feel so well. I need this. I, I, need, I need healing. I need healing. Wait, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, time out. Er, whistle. Tweet. Stop. You need healing? Because the Bible says you already have healing. You were already healed. You said by his stripes in, in 2 Peter 2, or 1 Peter 2, by his, or 2 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. You're not waiting on healing. You're not lacking healing. You have it right now in your spirit, man. And the reason why so many people suffer things is because they've identified more with the flesh man than they have the spirit man. They've, they've not listened to what the Bible said in promises. They've listened to their feelings. They've listened to their body. They've listened to their flesh. But now watch. If they will start to pay attention to the spirit man, if they'll start to pay attention to the spirit man and the promises that God has given us in our salvation, then all this, thank you, Kevin, it is First Peter. So then, then all of a sudden, they'll start to connect with the spirit man and what happens in Hebrews 11.3 comes to pass. Those things which were not visible were, were made visible right? By things which don't appear. In other words, out of the spirit, the root of your salvation will start to manifest in the flesh man. And when that happens, all of a sudden things start changing. Things start changing. Look at this. Uh, if you look at Peter walking on the water, when he walked on the water, he had his eyes on the spirit man, Jesus, his savior, his Messiah, his Lord. As soon as he took his eyes and put them on the fleshly things, the wind, the waves, the water, he started to sink, right? So when we put our eyes on Jesus, he is the author and, per and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Then faith will draw the reality of the spirit over into the flesh, man, and we will walk out our identity. But see, so many times the devil wants to get us over here in the flesh, in our feelings, in our thinking, in our emotions. And when he does it, he's stolen who we really are. You are mighty in Christ. In Jesus, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are not the beat up person the devil's trying to tell you that you've been. No, that's not true. Remember, 
They, listen, there can be facts. I can go to the doctor and maybe they give me a, a factual doctor's report. But that's not necessarily truth. Truth, if you continue in the word, you will know the truth. And this is a spiritual truth. And the truth will set you free. Truth always brings freedom. It doesn't bring bondage. It doesn't bring weight. It, it lightens the load. It takes the bondage off. Truth will bring freedom to you. And the truth is who you really are in Christ. That's your true identity. So when we look at these two pillars of salvation, we got to look at the spiritual man, not the flesh man, not that, not that uh, worldly man, not in our head, the, the mind, will, and emotions. Not, we're not living by feelings. Romans 8 tells us, I believe it's 8.14, uh, it tells us that we are not led. We are not led by anything else but the Spirit of God. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. In other words, we're led in our spirit, not by sight. You know, the just walk by faith not by sight. We're not, we're not supposed to walk by worldly logic. Godly logic, word, the Bible logic, yes. Worldly logic, no. No, we are in a different kingdom. We have a different set of rules, and the ones who will be an overcomer will apply these spiritual rules above the physical rules. You know, let me just give you an example of that. When, when I was little, um, some of you know the story, and Basically, if God would not have broken a physical law, I would not be here today. Gas and fire don't mix, and it was a lot of gas, and it should have exploded, but it didn't because that morning uh, my parents were listening to more of the spiritual word of God. They did what God said, and that spiritual truth superseded a physical fact, or else there would have been an explosion, and I would have been dead. I wouldn't have been here anymore complete supernatural miracle because somebody identified with a spirit and not with the flesh. This is important. This is important that we don't allow the devil to steal our identity. All right, now, let's look here. When we have these two pillars of our salvation, the first thing is that we are made a righteous spirit. We are God's own righteousness. Now, see, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5.21, a few verses later. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, what I want you to see is the real you, the spirit man, the real you is made in the image and likeness of God. And now when you're born again, you are made righteous. You've been gifted the righteousness of God. Now watch this. You may have been struggling with sin, right? But the real you is a righteous man. God's looking at that spirit first. And so you may have stuff in your flesh that's trying to come up and it's trying to get you to, it's trying to tempt you, it's trying to get you to do things. And then, now watch this, if I will say in my heart, in my mind, oh God, I'm just so bad. I'm not, oh my goodness, I'm just so bad. I'm such a sinner. Is that true? Is that true? No, that's not true. The real you, after you're born again, is made in the righteousness of God. It's got his righteousness. That man's not a sinner. He's saved. He's made perfect. But that man has a flesh that's trying to overcome. Which one are you going to pay attention to? See, if we'll pay attention to the flesh man, then we will identify as a filthy sinner right? But if we'll pay attention to what God said and what he promised, I'll, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, flesh, no matter how you tempt me, that's not who I am. You be quiet, right? And you'll put the flesh down. Now, see, that's why many people get eat up with sin because they keep looking at who the flesh man is 
more than they look at who the spirit man is. No, God has empowered me to tell the flesh no. I am his righteousness. I'm a part of him, and I have the power to put that down. I won't walk by these fleshly ways anymore. No, I'm, I'm renewed. I'm a completely new creation. I now renew my mind according to the commandments of God to renew and be transformed by the word of God. My thinking is changing. My thinking is growing, and I submit the flesh. I submit the flesh. I put it down just like the Word tells me to. I don't identify with that sinful flesh nature. No, I've been set free. You see Paul talking about this in Romans chapter 7. He says, you know, sometimes the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. I want to be godly, but I find myself doing the wrong things. And what's he doing? He's showing us in that passage how he himself had this struggle with his identity between the spirit man and the flesh man. And he was showing us, hey, that's a real thing that's there. You have to deal with it. He says... He says, it gets to the point where it's like, I, I, I feel like I've had a foot in both worlds. He said, a wretched man that I am, this stinks, I don't like it, and I'm ready to be free of it. Who will set me free? And then he answers the question, let me tell you who will set you free. Jesus Christ. And he said, those that are in Christ, there is now therefore, Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. In other words, if I will just simply say, I identify with the new man, with the righteous man. I identify, and I'm going to walk after your, how you lead me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk after the Spirit. I'm not walking after that flesh. No, I'm not going to do it. A flesh man, be quiet. I'm going to walk after the Spirit. He said, it'll set me free. All of a sudden, I'll walk out. I won't have any condemnation whatsoever. Amen. Mark says, thankful for this word today. Praise God. So the first thing that's a pillar of your salvation is you are righteous. Number one, you are made righteous. That's who you are. If you're born again, that's who you are. Don't let the devil tell you anything differently. I'm reminded of a story that Keith Moore told. He said there was a guy, and uh, he came up in front of him. He said, Keith, Brother Keith, I want to stop smoking. He said, I've been smoking cigarettes, and I want to stop smoking. And Brother Keith had a word from the Lord. He said, here's what I want you to do. And uh, he said, every time you have a temptation to smoke, Right? He said, every time you have a temptation to smoke, or even you may be sitting there smoking, I want you to say, I don't like smoking. I'm not a smoker. You know, and so he started spe speaking that. He'd be sitting there smoking a cigarette going, I hate smoking. I hate smoking. I hate smoking. He said, just a few weeks later, the guy came back and he told him the story. He said, I was sitting there. I went for about two weeks. I was smoking. He said, but I, I did what you said, Brother Keith. I hate smoking. He said, all of a sudden, I realized I do hate smoking. He threw it down, and he was completely free of the cigarettes. What happened? What happened in terms of identity theft? See, the devil had taught him that his identity was a smoker. When he started confessing out of his spirit man, out of, it, out of the real him, the real person, the person that God identifies with first, and he now started identifying first with that spirit man, he started confessing out of his heart, I'm not a smoker. I hate smoking. Well, there's a power that's right there. There's a power in the inner man. There's a power in that spirit man. When he confessed those things, all of a sudden, it, that confession out of his real nature, it changed some things in the flesh. And all of a sudden, it superseded that power that had been over his life for so long. Why? He set his eyes on Jesus. He set his eyes on who, who he was created to be. Watch this. If you are made the righteousness of God in Christ, you receive Jesus' righteousness. When you start to identify with the righteousness of God in Christ, you're setting your eyes on Jesus' righteousness. 
You're setting your eyes on who he is. And just like, that, just like Peter that walked on the water when he set his eyes on Jesus, this man smoking set his eyes on his righteousness, started allowing, he didn't even understand what he was doing, but Brother Keith knew. He started speaking out of his spirit who he really was, setting his eyes on the righteousness of, of God that was in Jesus and now is his, and all of a sudden he put down the fleshly man. So, we're righteousness, and we can live holy and godly. Watch this, 2 Peter 1.3. Seeing that, in, that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. I, I hear people say it all the time. Well, I just can't stop sinning. I just can't stop speaking this wrong thing. I just can't stop smoking. And what, what are they identifying with? They've had a case of identity theft mentality. They think the real them is the flesh person. But God says, you can do, I've already given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and ex excellence. In Christ, we are not filthy, dirty rags any longer. Uh, that's in Isaiah 64, 6. We were sinners, but now sin has been put to death. Glory to God. You see, so many people have fallen victim to an identity theft mentality, and they think that that flesh man is the real them. It's not the real you. That real man is the inner man. Think about the story with the, the beggar Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man and the beggar Lazarus. This is a real, real situation that happened. They go, they both pass away, their bodies are buried on the earth, their flesh man's buried on the earth. But both the rich man and the beggar Lazarus could, were, one was in heaven, one was in hell, could feel, see, think, remember, taste, all of these things. They still had all their capabilities. Why? Because the real one was the spirit man who's now located in a different place. All right, now... Here's the other part. The first pillar of our salvation is our righteousness. The second one is our salvation. Thank you for that seed, uh, Marky. Uh, thank you for sowing that. Lord, bless it. Let it be multiplied supernaturally in Jesus' name. Amen. The second pillar is that we are a saved heir. You see in Romans 8, 15 through 17, that if we are children, we are heirs. We have an inheritance. Ephesians 1, 3, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means our spirit man has every blessing in it. It needs everything. That's why he said in that verse I just read, he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. In the spirit man, we have all we need. See, it's in the flesh man that we've had lack. And so a lot of times we're seeing lack and we're identifying with lack because we're looking at the flesh man instead of looking at the spirit man. We've got to see who we are in Christ. That's the real us. Ephesians 1, 10 through 11, it says, In Him, in Christ also, we have obtained an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Glory to God. Ephesians 1, 18 through 23 he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, and what's that? I pray that the eyes of your inner man, that your eyes may be open, that the core of who you are will see so clearly that you may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God has an inheritance in the saints, and he's praying that we will see what our real inheritance is. See, there's, why is he praying this way? Because there's been an identity theft. We think that our real inheritance is in the flesh man, is in the physical. No, it's in the spiritual, and if we've got it in the spiritual, it can manifest in the physical. And this is why Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is praying this way. He's saying to the whole church at Ephesus, I pray that you would stop seeing with eyes of the flesh and see with eyes of the Spirit your inheritance. See who you are. See what God has done for you. I pray that you will see it. And watch this, verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness, not just greatness, but surpassing greatness 
of His power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. In other words, Paul says, I pray that you will see how much, what inheritance you have, and I pray that you will see the, not just the greatness, but the surpassing greatness of His power that's on this level, the same level that rose Jesus up from the grave. That's what you have. That's who you are. That's your identity. And when we start to see that, oh, the devil's got his hands full. <laughs> the devil has his hands full. When you know who you are, when you know who you are created to be, what inheritance you have, godliness, fullness of life, and who you are, when you know that, then all of a sudden you change. You know, I, I'm thinking right now of, of some, you know, maybe someone that's struggling, been struggling for years in a particular issue in their life. And see, the issue is they've accepted that they're that way. Maybe they've accepted, let's just use it, they've accepted that they just can't exercise much. No, you're created, you've, given every, you've been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. If you keep saying, well, I just don't have the strength to exercise much, I just won't be that person then that's what you're going to be. But if you'll look to the inner man, he's granted me everything pertaining to life and godliness. I, I love to exercise. I love to eat healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm in, in Christ. I am full of his life. I'm full of his health. I'm not the sick. I'm not the weak. I'm not the a person with a lack of discipline. No, I'm the person that I'm well disciplined. Now, you can't just say that and never put works to it. You can't put, you can't have faith without works. In other words, if you're going to move in this faith, then you've got to start acting on it. You've got to start being that and start taking steps towards that. Uh, several years ago, um, the Lord gave me a scripture where he was saying, he said, I will satisfy your mouth with good things, right? I will satisfy your mouth with good things. Well, the Lord gave me a different way of looking at that. I'd always imagine, like, satisfy, you know, my mouth with good things. That means I'll eat the expensive food, right? Or, you know, like the steak or the nice meal or everything. And he'll do that too. Uh, but he, he kind of gave me a different way of looking at that. He said, I will satisfy your mouth with good things. How about if good things are healthy things, then I, my taste will literally be satisfied with healthy things. My mouth will be satisfied with things that are good for me, things that are healthy for me. I went, huh. And so I started believing God from that identity and that promise in the spirit man. I said, Lord, I'm believing that healthy things will start to taste good to me, that I'll actually want those things. You know what happened? I started wanting more healthy things. I literally, it, when I identified with that promise from the spirit man, I started speaking it and believing for it. Literally, my flesh man started to line up, and I wanted healthier things on a more regular basis. I was like, man, it didn't even take long. You know, this is, this is the thing. See, a lot of times we've limited ourselves because we keep looking at, at the fleshly man. See, somebody who would say, I just can't stop sinning is the same person who will say, I just can't exercise. I just can't eat healthy. I can't stand the taste of it. Same, same problem. Same lack of identity. They don't know who they are in the spirit. And so they're going to constantly eat the fruit of what they're speaking because they're not identifying with who they are in Christ. All right, now, <laughs> amen, Marky. That's a, she says, healthy tortilla shells, shells don't taste like cardboard anymore. Amen. That's exactly what I was telling you the other day, Marky. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right, so look at this. He goes on to say, he says, this inheritance that you have is a power that is surpassing in its greatness, and it's on the same level of the power that raised Jesus from the dead. How can we have inside of us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and we keep having problems with little fleshly things? Because we've identified, we have an identity theft mentality, we've identified with the lower state instead of the higher state. The fleshly man is a lower state than the spiritual man. 
And so when we identify with that lower state instead of the higher state, we're going to have a different identity than is what is actually available to us. He says this, he, on the same level when he raised him from the dead, and then he put him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Now you start to see this, man, who are we in the spirit made in his image and likeness, made in his goodness, we, are, we have uh, an inheritance in us, a power that's surpassing greatness on the same level that raised Jesus from the dead. Who are we in the spirit? We're an overcomer. We're more than a conqueror. We're the head and not the tail. God's put everything under our feet. My goodness, why are we struggling over here? Because, why are we identifying with this lower state of fleshly man when we've got this in the spirit? We've got to start looking to the promises, seeing who God's made us to be, seeing who he has identified us with. Who are you identified with? Christ. There's a scripture that says, as he is, as Christ is, so are we in this world. So are we. We got to stop identifying with this fleshly man, what the world has told us. Well, you're never nothing. You're never going to amount to nothing. You're never going to be anything. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's, that's a bunch of bull. Right? No, you are going to be something. Why? Because although you may have grown up on the wrong side of the track, you might have grown up with what you would consider the wrong color skin. You may have grown up in the, in the wrong family, not, not rich, but poor. You might have grown up in all these things against you, but you got one person who's for you, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's where you get your identity, not from where you were born. Where you were born is not your full identity. That's just, that's just a starting place. But your identity is in Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. Glory to God. You know, I told you two pillars of salvation, righteousness and an inheritance. Righteousness and a salvation inheritance. Here's, here's what I want you to see. In that inheritance, you have fellowship with God, John 17, 3. In that inheritance, you are already healed, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. In that inheritance, you are already wealthy and prosperous, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. In that inheritance, you are already protected, John 17, 15, Psalms 91, 10 through 12. In that inheritance, you are already delivered. Psalms 91, 3 through 7, it's he who delivers you. You will not be afraid. See, many people, I've heard them say, well, I just can't not worry. That's a lie. That's a lie the devil's told you. That's, he, that's identity theft mentality. No, God said, don't fear. Fear not. There is no fear in love. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. Cast your cares, your worries, your anxieties, everything that you would carry on me because I care for you. I will carry it. I will protect you. I will deliver you. You can walk fear free. See, thinking that we have to have fear, that's identity theft mentality. And it's looking at the flesh man instead of the spirit man. In Christ, your inheritance, you are already restored. Let me just say those again. You have in Christ already, you have fellowship. You're already, you have complete connection with God. And you can stay in that connection 100% of the time. And if you are in the presence of God and you're connected with Him, well, you've got no problems. Because <laughs> every problem that tries to raise its ugly head, it just gets burned up in the glory of God. You have fellowship with Him. You know, think about this. The devil tries to bring you a problem. You just say, oh, hey, God. The devil's trying to bring a problem here. And Lord, I just ask you for some of your all-consuming fire right now in my fellowship with you. I have an identity with you, and I'm not looking at the problem in the flesh. I'm looking at who I am in the spirit. Lord, let me have a little bit of your presence right now. Let me have a little bit of that consuming fire. Oh, problem. And it gets lit up and gone. Where's that identity in the church? It needs to be there. This is who we are.
We have fellowship with Him. We, ha we are already healed. We're already wealthy and prosperous. We're already protected. We're already delivered. This is our inheritance package. You, that's who you are in the Spirit. And so anything, you're already restored. Now I want you to hear this. Every time the devil comes to you and says, you're not healed, you feel that pain, then all he's trying to do is get you to look with eyes of the flesh instead of looking with eyes of the Spirit at who you really are. He's trying to get you to take your eyes off of the real identity you have in Christ. When he comes at you and says, uh, you, how are you going to pay this bill? He's trying to get you to look here at the wrong identity. Now watch this. Whichever identity you identify with is the identity that you draw your source from. So if I look and I identify in the flesh man only, then I'm limited to what that flesh man can do. But if I identify with the new creation in Christ, the spirit man, just the same identity that Jesus identifies me with, then I have an inheritance that pertains, that carries everything with it for life and godliness. He's already granted it to me. On what kind of power? On the level that raised Jesus from the dead. If, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can raise my finances. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can heal a broke arm and restore. He can restore a knee. He can restore uh, headaches. He can restore a stiff neck. He can restore a lack of mobility. He can restore fibromyalgia. He can, he can restore anything, anything. And the devil trying to get you and say, well, you're just in this bondage. You'll be in this bondage for all of your life. That's just in your DNA. What's he trying to do? Your whole family's had this problem. What's he trying to do? Get you in identity theft. He's trying to steal your identity from Jesus by talking about what family you grew up in. Well, you've always had this, you know, mental, mental stuff going on in your head, and you always will. No, no, I'm the healed of the Lord. I walk in the fullness of life in Jesus' name. Devil, shut up. Right? You got to get angry with them. You got to get tired of dealing with it. Let the anointing of God flow in your life. You got to get, you got to get pissed off at the devil, trying to steal, you know, trying to get you to believe. you got to get to the place where you're just completely ticked at the devil for him trying to mess with you and tell you that you're something you're not. Yeah. You've got to get to the place where you get a righteous indignation that stands up on the inside of you and, and does something about it that gets, gets fed up. You've got to say, no, I'm not having this. I'm tired of dealing with the bully. I'm tired of it. When you get to that place, things change. All right. But see, a lot of people, here, here's one of his lies, and here's one of his identity theft. You know, the same thing he tried with Jesus. He said, here it is. Peter has this great revelation. Amen, Marky. She said, I'm tired of dealing with the bully. You know, Peter has this great revelation. Jesus says, hey, uh, flesh, and blood didn't, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. That was the Holy Ghost. A couple of verses later, Peter goes, oh, Jesus, don't go up and give your life in Jerusalem. And what he's trying to do, the devil's trying to get Jesus to do is to pity himself. He's trying to get him to pity himself. Here, why would he pity himself? Because he would look at who he is in the flesh instead of looking at who he is in the spirit. And immediately, Jesus didn't put up with that. Immediately, Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. I recognize it. I won't have it. I'm tired of dealing with that bullying attitude of yours. Get behind me. And we would say, in the name of Jesus, right? Cease and desist all your junk. But see, what we've done when we've identified in the flesh, we've, we've learned to coddle that. We've learned to accept the, the empathy and the sympathy and the pity uh, in those ways. We've got to get to the place where we're tired of it. I'm not dealing with it anymore. I'm not dealing with it anymore. That's not who you are. It's not who you are. I'm talking to some believers today. God's calling you up to a different level. He's moving you to a different place. He's calling you up to greatness. He's made you something mighty in the spirit, created you in his image, in his image and likeness. What do you have in you? 
He has given you and granted you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Why have we been being held back? Because we've identified with the wrong thing. We've allowed our identity to be thieved right from under our noses. And he does it by saying, well, this is just how it is. It's just normal. Well, this is how your family was, and this is how you'll have it. You know, you can't do anything about your DNA. Bull! That's not true. It's not true at all. No, I can, I can look at the spirit man and what Jesus gave to me. I can look at what he's done for me. And I can say, Lord, I believe. I've, I received fullness of all that life from my spirit man, from uh, revelation with you, from your inheritance that you've given me, from fellowship with you, that consuming fire that starts to burn out anything that's under the curse. I received the fullness of what you've given me. I won't accept that identity. No, I receive yours. Watch this. When we receive a false identity, we're saying, I don't need yours, God. But if we'll honor God, we'll say, Lord, I, I receive your identity. I don't receive this garbage, this garbage. I won't receive it. Identity theft. He tries to tell you you're not valuable. You're not worth much. You're, you're, you don't even have any skill. That's bull. Put it in the comments. The devil's lies are a bunch of bull. You better make bull all caps too. Get bold. You're not valuable. No, he, here's what Jesus said. You are choice and precious. I, I looked for you. I sought you out. You are choice. You are chosen and precious. You are chosen and precious. You are very valuable. How valuable are you? You're so valuable that Jesus said, I'm going to pay my life. I'm going to pay my life for you. See, the value is set by the buyer, by the purchaser. And he said, I'm purchasing you. I'm purchasing you. And right now, I'm declaring the value of your life is mine. That's how valuable you are to me and to the Father. That's how valuable you are. Don't believe that identity theft mentality that the devil says you're not worth anything. That's garbage. It's garbage. You're an authority. God's given you an authority in him. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Yeah, watch this. And you are in rest. You can walk life in rest. It's not a toil. No, it's easy and light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Here's another piece. You're not a victim. Don't make yourself to be a victim. Don't believe that you're a victim. Well, I'd, I'd be better in my life if this wouldn't happen to me. Listen, I am sorry that that happened to you. I, I am, but it's time. You know, if, you, if that victim starts to become your identity, then you'll never grow beyond that. Jesus doesn't want you to stay at that place. He didn't want that thing to happen to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. You're, you're, you might have been a victim in the past, but you need to find that new identity in him. I'm not a victim anymore. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. And even where I, where I mourned at one time, Jesus your word says that blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I receive your comfort right now. I'm, I'm not called to be a victim. I'm called to be an overcomer. I'm not called to be lesser. I'm called to be greater. I'm not called to be the tail. I'm called to be the head, to be above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. Listen, you are called to be great and mighty in God, and that's every Christian, every believer. Hallelujah. All these things are areas where the devil tries to steal an identity in Christ. You have the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I want you to see this. Look at this list in Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is not things that go away. You have them. Amen called to be mighty in God. You have them. Nobody should be able to steal this from you, and the devil shouldn't be able to thieve it out of your identity. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who have belonged to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Look back at this list. For the Spirit, love. Nobody should be able to steal your love. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they do. They, you have this fruit from the Holy Ghost. Your identity is this is in you. Nobody should be able to steal it from you. Joy. Nobody should be able to steal your joy. No situation ought to be able to steal your joy. Now watch this. Here's why. Because if somebody can steal the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, if somebody can steal that from you, then the source of it, you've made the source of it something else. You made the source of your joy a situation, a person. You made the source of your peace somebody else. The source of, your, of the fruit is the Holy Ghost. It's God himself. If he's the source of it, nobody can steal it from you. See, that's a lie that, well, I'm just not joyful anymore. See, that's identity theft mentality. It's trying to get you to believe that you don't have the source in place anymore. That's a lie. It's a lie. None of these things should we be able to walk without when we identify in Christ in the spirit man. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Glory to God. Fruit of the Spirit. Listen to this. You are made in His image and His likeness. The Bible goes on to say you, that we literally, and it gives us this in context, we walk on this earth as, a, as a, one of His children made in His image and likeness in a form of, of God with a little g. It literally says you are made like a God with a little g when you accept Jesus. There's an image and likeness and identity in God. The devil does not want you to know this. He doesn't want you to know who you are. He wants to steal it. He wants to keep it from you. And he definitely doesn't want a whole bunch of people walking around this earth looking and acting like Jesus. Because last time one man looked and acted like Jesus, he changed the whole world. Well, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. He said, you'll do these works and greater. The things I do, you'll do these things and greater. I was the firstborn of many brethren made in his image and likeness. Hallelujah. We are at one with him. The Bible says you are one with God. You are one, made one with him. So how can these little things this identity theft and low level of life be us if we're in Christ, if we're born again, how can that be if we're one with God? God can't be that little. How then can I be that little? No, as he is, so are we in this world. Glory to God. One of the greatest ways to step into it is we start confessing things. We start praying things. We start acting like we are one of his children. We start changing atmospheres, changing environments, making these confessions like we do every day. Uh, you know, Lord, I have the fullness of your manifestation in my life. Every day I walk in the fullness of, your of my inheritance. I walk in the fullness of my inheritance every day. The full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ every day, the full manifestation of our inheritance every day. I'm the healed of the Lord, and I carry an anointing for divine healing. I have divine health in my body now, and I carry an anointing for divine healing, right? We start walking these things, being these things. This is what the world is waiting for. Literally, Romans says, the world yearns the earth groans and yearns for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is he talking about? People that won't let their identity be stolen, but they'll find their identity in Christ, see who they are in this word. They'll say, that's who I am. That's who I am. And then they'll start praying like it. They'll start being like it. Let me show you one thing. I'll have to find it here. I think it's 2 Corinthians Yes, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4. Such confidence we have through Christ towards God. 
Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We are adequate. And the King James says, we are able to do this ministry. We're able to do what we're called to do. We can't have our identity stolen if we're walking in the ableness and the adequacy that God has for us. You are made adequate, not by yourself, but by God in the spirit, man. That's who you are. Don't let the devil steal that identity anymore. When you start to know who you are in Christ, let me, let me just go over this list one more time. You, when you start to know who you are in Christ, then the devil has got his hands full with you, and you won't fall victim and prey to all of these traps. This is sunk and tripped up most believers in their life for the majority of their life because they didn't know who they were in the spirit man in Christ. But in Christ, we are righteous. We have God's own righteous. We have an inheritance. We are in perfect fellowship with God in, the, in our spirit man. We are healed. We are prosperous. We are protected. We are delivered. We are restored. We are valuable. We are choice and precious. We are an authority. We are conquerors. We are overcomers. We are in, even in our work, we're in rest. We're in easy and light. We are not a victim. We walk in the fruit of the Spirit, and we always have love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, self-control. We walk in all of the fruit of the Spirit. We always have it. The devil can't steal it. It doesn't come from him. The devil can't steal it. It comes from God. We're made in his image and his likeness. We're one with him as he is. So are we in the world. And we will confess and speak the word of God and the promises of God over our life, over our families, over our homes, over our church, over our county, over our cities, over our states, over our country, over our world, because that's who we are. We're walking as him. We won't let our identity theft be stolen anymore. No, we're tired of putting up with the junk. We're not putting up with the devil's bullying anymore. No, we're done with it in Jesus' name. Receive that as yours today. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus... You're the Lord of my life, and I believe you took, my, you took my sin on you, and you took that sin to the cross, and you carried it, and you took it to the grave and buried it. And I believe that God rose you back to life, and when he raised you up, he raised me up and seated me with you in heavenly places with you. Jesus baptized me with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. And Lord, I receive right now my new identity. I walk in that identity, formed and created in the perfection of Christ, formed and created in, in God's hands, formed and created by your power. That's who I am, strong in you, and in the power of your might. Father, I thank you for it. And I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, I won't let my identity be stolen anymore. Now, Lord, right now, I come against any type of identity theft mentality that's been trying to plague your people. Lord, right now, let that power, your anointing and power, break it off of them forever. Let it be broken in Jesus' name. Lord, let your anointing break that yoke. Let them see the truth of who they are and not be held back. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. In the name of Jesus, every little demon and devil that's trying to be, you know, trying to get in there and steal their identity, cease and desist your maneuvers against them and against their mind now. And now, Christian, you stand up in the truth that that thing has been done. Don't you let it back. Don't open the door again. But you walk in the fullness right now from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of it? Did you get something? 
If you did, share the broadcast. Send it to somebody who needs to hear it. People need to be free. They need to walk in their identity, and it's time for us to be who God's called us to be. Glory to God. Listen, every, every day we sow this broadcast into the world, and uh, we don't ask you for anything. If you would like to give, you are welcome to. And God will write that on people's hearts. And people should do that, but it's not a requirement. It's not by force at all. It's if you want to, out of the love of your heart. If you'd like to, you can go to give, www org. You can give by cash app at cash tag give www. A Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. Uh, you can text to give and uh, you can give Bitcoin and you can give by PayPal. It's there on the screen. Listen, we love you and we praise God for you and we want you to walk in the fullness. I'm ready to see some of the children of God to rise up to be who they're called to be. Full and overflowing with the goodness that God has for them. Thank you, Lord, for it. Right now, we just pray for everybody who's sown. I saw Kevin. I saw Priscilla. I saw Mark. Lord, bless them right now in Jesus' name. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over. May it be an overflow to their lives. Father, we thank you for it. Let it be supernaturally big and supernaturally quick. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. We love you so very much, and uh, I'm going to pass it off uh, here to Barrett in just a minute. We will see you tomorrow. There's going to be some more good stuff. Looking forward to it. We love you so much. Thank you for that seed, uh, Miss Julie Buck, and uh, we just praise God for you. Let me see what we have uh, coming up tomorrow. Looking in my notes. We will have user mentality. Tomorrow will be user mentality. Man, this is a big one. And uh, a lot of times we have this going on and we didn't even know it. It was actually there and we had no idea. But on a, a lot of times people have it at least on a little level and uh, we don't want to be that. So we'll talk about user mentality tomorrow. I love you. I'll see you then. Here's Bear. Thanks for being on with us today. Make sure that you take the time to like, subscribe, and share today's broadcast. This is a broadcast that I'm sure you recognize freedom was being given straight to you from the Lord himself. We want that freedom to go as far and as wide as, as the Lord can make it happen. And you get to play a part with that. Partner with us. Share this broadcast. It's going to be a good, a good one. And tomorrow, tomorrow, we're going to be back at 1130. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about user mentality. It's a what's right kitchen day, which are always super awesome. And we're just excited to have you here with us. We'll be back tomorrow at 1130 here on Lunch Plus.